Hello and welcome to the 40th episode. I guess that's a that's a significant milestone, maybe. 50th is probably a bigger deal. Um, but yeah, it's 40th episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I'm joined again this week. Not last week, but this week he's back, Josh Simer. Crum, it's so nice to be back for the Ruoff Mortgage 500. Uh, last week was terrible. Sorry that I missed the podcast. I had the stomach bug that was going around Western New York and just absolutely decimating families. It was 12 hours of hell, 24 hours of feeling like a complete waste, and 36 hours of Oh my goodness, I need a bacon cheeseburger right now. Um, It was no joke, but the whole family is happy and healthy and ready to be back podcasting for everybody and giving you guys some good advice on your DFS lineups and getting back to some review and recap of everything else going on. Yeah. I'm glad you uh, made it out of that horrible experience. I just now realized, as you were saying that, that the way you avoid these stomach bugs is uh, you just you don't have kids. Because I feel like the kids are the things that that are like passing shit around at this point. They're just they're grubby little hands. So that's yeah. My... So the thing is, is it probably wasn't my kid. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it, it was. was my kid being around other kids. Exactly. That's what I mean, though. Kids are around <laughs> kids, and it's just a kids are around kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, glad everyone's healthy. Um, do you want to mention a few things before we get into the usual update on everything? Um, I, I actually have to give a shout out to Sarah because she actually pointed out a new F1 video game that's coming out. And at first I thought it was just another rendition of a mobile game I had played before that was kind of just basic. But I guess they're coming out with like an F1 um, manager video game for 2022 so you basically get to play the role of like the team principal that you know makes decisions during the race and stuff like that so kind of like a head coach mode i guess you could say from like other games i know that i never played those josh did you ever play those like head coaching modes in any video games uh nope i always wanted to be one of the players yeah, yeah, I just think it's too much fun to actually participate in that part, too. So maybe this will be interesting, though. Um, I'll be curious to check it out if it's not $60 right off the top. Um, maybe it'll be on Game Pass or something. I'll check it out. We'll see. Or if, I, if it gets really rave reviews, then I'll maybe be willing to put down some money. Um, so shout out to Sarah for uh, letting me know about that game. Keep that on my radar. Uh, also, speaking of F1... I did create the F1 Fantasy League uh, for iRace We Gamble again this year. Um, I will tweet out more and more invite links, but I think I already have at least once. Um, I should have probably taken note of the invite code so that I could just say that, but it's probably easier to just follow us at iRace We Gamble on Twitter, um, and I'll just tweet uh, more invite links to that. So it's free to join. Just have some fun uh, picking some F1 drivers throughout the season. Um, I know that F1's picked up a lot of fans in the U.S. in the past like year or so, so it's a uh, it's a fun time. Um, also, uh, we're actually I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with F1 here for a minute. Drive to Survive season four is coming out this weekend uh, because the season's right around the corner. So uh, definitely gonna binge that this weekend if I find the time. 
between house acquisition and other things. Uh, and then also on Netflix, there's a relatively new uh, series on Bubba Wallace called Race. And when I say it's on Bubba Wallace, I mean, it's it's about him. It's about his past and, you know, sort of the, all the racial tensions that happen in the country and sort of boiled over in a lot of ways. Um, and Bubba starting to speak out on those issues um, is all talked about in that docuseries, as well as his racing and how that all has been going and sort of how he joined 2311 and all that good stuff. So if you're interested in Bubba Wallace or interested in kind of, uh, you know, reliving some of that backstory, um, I think it's a pretty good show. It's not too illuminating. I just, I enjoy some of the driver interviews they have on there. Um, I like that you get some more background or history on Bubba Wallace, but uh, Josh, you said you're going to check that out, right? Yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Uh, probably going to start doing it Monday nights. I'm going to try to do one or two episodes a week until I'm up to date on it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, once you start, in some episodes we'll uh we'll have to update folks what you think um as we uh record episodes here so maybe a watch along for some other fans if they want to do start watching it as well um also just quick reminder uh you can always email us with feedback or questions uh that's iracewegamble at gmail.com very basic title of the show and again i said it already but our twitter handle is iracewegamble no punctuation, no spaces, no underscores, none of that craziness. Um, let's move on to some iRacing stuff. I've been relatively busy with that, although this week has been more of a big sort of iRacing news week, not so much racing week because it's week 13, which means there are updates to a lot of the tracks, a lot of cars, new cars that come out and all that good stuff. Um, I've been messing around just different painting um stuff on all my different cars uh i i had a pretty good truck paint job that i liked and then i ended up um having to redo it because the new truck body style came out so now that the toyota tundra is like the current toyota tundra they use in the trucks it's not the one from maybe five years ago um so i had to repaint my truck uh but i think it looks pretty cool um been running in the beef jerky unlimited series which is a low-level series. Only, I think, I-ratings up to 3,000 are in it. Um, they broadcast on Top Esports, which is uh, an up-and-coming channel. I'll, I'll give it credit for, for putting in the effort. Um, it's, it's cool to at least see some broadcast version of, of a race I'm in. Um, I did that last week as well and made mention of it. So I finished eighth in Vegas last week. This week, we went to Fontana, so a little bit reverse of the cup schedule. Uh, but I finished seventh in Fontana and had a crazy wreck avoidance uh, at the start of that race that I'll I'll post in the show notes if you want to check it out. Crumb crazy is uh, I, I just might not be enough <laughs> to describe it because I've seen this clip, so I recommend everybody go to the link and go take a look at this. It is wild. I don't I don't understand how you saw it coming. You did. You made the right move, and honestly, I think it's uh, it, it's worth a watch. Yeah, I, honestly, like when it happened, I was like, I must have hit someone at some point, right? Like, I must have. Like, I there's no way I just made it through all of those cars or trucks, really. Um, and then I came down pit road just to see, um, and nope, no repairs needed, nothing going on there. So, really surprising. Um, Fontana's not my best track, but. Uh, sort of figured out how the car handled or truck 
and uh, just kind of worked my way up into the top 10. Um, had one or two other incidents uh, there that I had to avoid. But yeah, it was a it was a crazy race for sure. Um, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick before we leave iRacing. Uh, Road to Pro isn't this week, so it'll be next week. So we'll see if I can win again in Road to Pro, even though I'm not actually going to go pro. Ninth split won't get it done. Um, but that should be fun to just do throughout the season. Um, real quick, as far as F1 goes, I already mentioned drive to survive and all that good stuff. Um, they're also testing in Bahrain this week and they'll be back in Bahrain next week. Um, and then, uh, on the news front, Haas has a new, uh, second driver in Kevin Magnuson. So really good chance for Kevin Magnuson to come back to F1 and kind of show that he's still got it. So looking forward to that. Um, we'll obviously talk a little bit more about F1 as we head to race weekend for them, which I think might be next week, but I'll, I'll double check that. Okay, let's get into NASCAR. We were at Vegas, so place your bets and uh, hope they did well, right, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> You're a funny guy, Crum. We'll bury the lead on this a little bit. Yeah. and. Uh, Talk talk about it as we continue this recap. Yeah. Um, before we actually talk about the race, uh, we I guess we kind of have another uh, probable lock in for the playoffs in the forty eight car, which means my playoff prediction has to be altered. I did not have the forty eight making the playoffs. You did, but you didn't have the two. So we're both two out of three so far. I'm guessing guys that would be in the playoffs. Um, there's definitely some guys that are further back right now in points than you would expect them to be. Guys like. Denny Hamlin, for sure. I think he's like outside the top 20, at least. Um, so, Josh, are there any other drivers you see on your sort of playoff grid right now that you're wary of or kind of thinking maybe they might drop out and someone else might take their spot? At this point, uh, no, not really at this point. Okay. Yeah, I, I, for you, I guess Briscoe like is running well. I would say, but he hasn't. He's had some iffy results happen, so I don't know if he's gonna stay up there. But I think he's capable. Um, for myself, I eliminated the three, which kind of was hard to do um, for my playoff pool. But the only other ones I would have considered were Suarez and Ross Chastain, and they both showed up pretty strong in the first two races outside of Daytona. Um, and Suarez really just got caught up in somebody else's mess at Las Vegas. It's not like he was running poorly. So I, I have a hard time leaving track house out. Um, I do have Brad Kozlowski and Christopher Bell still in, which are two guys that aren't in your playoff bracket. So we'll see how that develops. Those are other, you know, contenders to not hold up, but we'll see. Yeah. I think there's one guy that we're both missing too right now. Who's that? I mean, early on in the season, it's tough to leave the 10 out. Yeah, he has been very consistent. He hasn't made waves. He hasn't run up front front. Like, he doesn't, he's not close to the lead, but he is finishing top 10 consistently. Every single race so far. Yeah, which is not what happened last year. If I remember correctly, last year, he had every single piece of bad luck happen to give him, you know, 20th and 30 place finishes. So, yeah, so maybe I was wrong about the 14. It, I mean, we talked about this right before Daytona and talked about what the Stuart Haas drivers were going to look like. And 
right now it's looking like the 10 could be the top. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I predicted that the 14 would be the best car on that team this year. As much as it pained me to say that with Harvick there. Um, Harvick's looks all right too. Yeah. Harvick's looks fine. Um, I mean, if we can get a bunch of repeat winners, the four and the 10, if they keep running like this, could get in on points alone. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's how Harvick did it last year. Yeah. He, it'll, he it'll, didn't have a win and got in, and all he did was just consistently finish well. Yep. It's, it's just impressive. Um, and I think... We we can't say for sure if we think there's going to be a high or low number of winners so far. I mean, there's been three races and three different winners, so I guess the you know variety is still there for now. But it's you know not enough races into the season to say we haven't even hit uh, you know a track like Phoenix, like a, a shorter, flatter track. We haven't gone to any road courses yet, so there's a lot to still be decided. But um, yeah, interesting to see if this trend continues with the consistent guys that are able to find the finishes or if. You know, it might be the case because there is it does seem like this year is going to have higher attrition. There's a lot more wrecks, a lot more spin outs and things that seem to be happening to guys. Um, one, one <laughs> Something that happened uh, involving Chase Briscoe, we, we talked about Daniel Suarez getting caught up in someone else's mess. Briscoe was just trying to avoid people in front of him, got loose, came down the track into Suarez and he crashed. Uh, that was after Briscoe upset Kyle Busch, though, um, which I have to say, both Radioactive and the replay during the race tried to show what Kyle Busch was mad about when Briscoe, um, when he basically like ran after Briscoe at the end of a stage. Um, I'll argue that he knew exactly what he was doing. He wasn't he was getting just close enough to make him as uncomfortable as possible without hitting him. Kind of like that. I'm not touching you kind of thing, but in a car which I realize is dangerous and a little, little stupid, but that was his, uh, <laughs> his choice in the moment to get back at Briscoe. Um, but as I was saying, all the replays showed a restart. And from listening to Kyle's radio during the race, which is usually what I do, I heard him talk about, or actually I heard a spotter, uh, Tony Hirschman, talk about uh, that, you know, oh, it looks like the car just is, you know, washing out really bad when someone pulls up in front of you in the corners. He's like, yeah, that's what happened with the 14. He came across my nose on the straightaway and I had to lift to avoid hitting the wall. And I don't think that would be the case on a restart. You're not going to have to lift to avoid hitting the wall there. So they didn't get the replay right on the broadcast. Whatever. They're just trying to find out what happened They're, Maybe they couldn't find footage of it. Um, but regardless, Kyle Busch actually came back from a lot of adversity and looked like he was going to win the race until about three laps to go, which I was... Happy for the the overcoming adversity, running up front, almost winning. But man, that was a heartbreaking ending for for both of us, really. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked. I had such a soft spot in my heart for Eric Jones, but it's uh, it, it might be gone at this point. If I'm being perfectly honest, I had some money on Kyle Busch winning. It would have been a very nice payout. And then the 43 just forgot to, for, just, <laughs> oh, he just forgot how to drive. And uh, 
Yeah, that sucked because if it stayed green, it would have been Kyle Busch winning there. No doubt about it. Yeah. The 19 had a couple shots at him, um, wasn't able to complete the pass, and was starting to fade from Kyle, I think, at that point, and he looked strong. So I was like, all right, cool. And then, yeah, Eric Jones, unfortunately, gets loose. And the thing that annoys me the most is that he got loose and then overcorrected into the wall when he could have just spun the car out onto the grass the way Tyler Reddick did earlier in the race. Now, I understand it's three laps to go, and maybe that still would have caused a caution. I'm not sure. But overcorrecting into the wall definitely wasn't better. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's, it's tough to understand. In his eyes, he's trying to save the car. He's obviously thinking, I can still hold this thing steady and keep eighth place because he doesn't want to crash. But he did. And that was, yeah, I even had some uh, money on Kyle as well. Um, I think we both had the same amount on him, but you got the in-race odds somehow to be much better than um, the pre-race odds. So um, didn't work out for either of us. Kind of unfortunate. Um, none of the uh, Gibbs cars really finished where they should have. I mean, Truex had issues all day with a speeding penalty and then, you know, kind of getting beat out by the tire strategy at the end. We already talked about Kyle Busch. He got beat by the same strategy. Christopher Bell looked strong, or at least top five strong, until he spun out kind of on his own. Um, and then Denny Hamlin, what what happened to him? Oh, uh, <laughs> well, Denny Hamlin had a little bit of a brain fart. Um, I don't. It's got to be a tough thing when you've been driving a car the same way for years and years and years. And just the muscle memory of it. And I can kind of relate it to my career, you know, painting houses. And I don't, I don't think about what I'm doing while I'm painting. And I can understand how it happened. But Denny all day, I thought, had a good car. He was up in the top 10 most of the day, making runs toward the end of stages. And uh, just... He was leaving pit road and shifted the wrong way. He shifted as if the shifters were in an H pattern and not, what's it, a linear shift? Sequential. Same. Sequential, yeah. A sequential shift and dropped the gear and really just fucked up his car to the point that they couldn't keep going with it in the race and really just... uh. I don't, I don't know if I want to say bad luck or a bad look. I guess it's kind of a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> good, but... but his comments afterwards were pretty good. That he thought he had a car that could win. What do you say? The best car on the track and the worst driver? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's going to... I think that's just going to be a one-off. And I still expect Denny Hamlin to be in the playoffs competitive all season, probably winning a couple of races. Yeah. Not to worry that, about. If he makes that mistake twice, then I'm going to really worry. <laughs> if it happens to him again this season, then I'm going to be like, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Vegas. Unless you got anything else to talk about until we get into the optimal lineup. Um, nothing super of note. I guess I would point out, um, I started, I, you know how I love my color coding, Josh. 
Um, I started color coding the, uh, <laughs> the finish position of the drivers um, who were in accidents. So basically drivers who didn't do well, but that's not necessarily because they were running poorly. It's they got caught up in something. So just to give you that sort of like list before we get into the, the drivers who did well, this is basically your steer clear list um, because there's been enough wrecks in these first couple of races that whoever's in them is who you need to avoid. Uh, Brad Kozlowski, who's he's been in a couple of wrecks now. Um, you got Eric Jones. He had an unfortunate wreck that we just talked about. Uh, Denny Halen with the shifter, like you mentioned. Uh, Cole Custer spun out early. I think he might have lost a lap with that or had some other issues. He actually ended up uh, only completing 219 laps, so he must have had a mechanical issue at some point. Um, Daniel Suarez, who got caught up in a wreck. Chase Briscoe, who was out after 135 laps. Um, and Ryan Blaney, who got caught up in Kozlowski's crash. So, you know, I would say that those drivers are all still good contenders for picks. Not, you know, sort of ignore this week unless you're afraid that, you know, maybe this is a pattern for those guys. Um, so, yeah, that's the only thing I would say about Vegas before uh, I mentioned idea lineup stuff, which pretty straightforward. One thing to note, I guess, about these idea lineups, um, they so far have been very easy to make. The top five scoring cars easily fit under 50,000. So, something that we've mentioned before you don't need to spend your entire budget is holding very true this year. And probably because there is so much parity and so much, you know, drivers falling out of the race, it makes it easier for the lower price drivers to, to do well. Um, but to list them off real quick, uh, we had Kyle Busch who finishes fourth, but he started last and led 49 laps. So that was enough to make him an easy play for first in terms of points. Ross Chastain, who led a bunch of laps and gained a bunch of spots. Uh, Alex Bowman, who won the race late in the race, actually won stage one, too, which I kind of forgot about until I rewatched Radioactive. Um, so as much as Kyle Busch might want to say that Bowman backs into wins, he was also leading early and he was he beat Kyle Larson. So I don't think Kyle Busch has much of a leg to stand on there. I think he was just pissed that he lost. Um, <laughs> and Kyle Larson just showing again he's he's a contender to win every week um led 27 laps finished second and then eric almarola to your point just very consistent finished top 10 and sixth uh gained 14 spots so he's not he doesn't appear to be the best qualifier but he does appear to be taking care of his car really well and making sure he gets into the top 10 by the end so good to see um and we nailed both of our locks josh i think we should you know pat ourselves on the back for at least doing that oh absolutely I love a good pat on the back. <laughs> I had the 18, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was the top scorer. He was, yes. And you had the five. Fourth best scorer. was in the ideal lineup, fourth best scorer. So yeah. can't get much better than that. No. If we, if, I, if we get two drivers in the ideal lineup, then I think we're doing things right. Um, my tournament lineup worked out great because I had both of them in that. My cash lineup had Almirola and Larson, but Hamlin was in there, and that kind of tanked that lineup. Uh, DraftKings, um, I didn't do very well either. I had Larson, but he didn't, doesn't get you nearly as many points in DraftKings as he does in uh, FanDuel, or at least not as in proportion to how much Kyle Busch got. Um, so none of my drivers really did that great in DraftKings, so um, I ended up with like 226.5 points. I would have needed another 25 out of those six drivers. 
to get into a winning number. And even then it would have been like minimal return. Um, Josh, you did, you've been doing really well specifically on the website, which we haven't really talked about much. Um, you, anyone who's listening, you can go to iracewegamble.com. It's very bare bones right now, but it has the latest article that Josh wrote, uh, in advance of the Las Vegas race. So you can see what he said before the race and see his lineup did very well afterwards. You want to talk a little bit about how those, uh, articles have been coming? Well, Carl, I really appreciate, appreciate the gas up that you just gave me. Um, no, the article is going to be up before race day. Um, just a preview of what the race is going to look like. Some guys that I like, some things that I'm thinking about. I'm going to give you guys a few options of drivers that I think fit really well into lineups. And for now, I'm going to continue to add what I think is a very good tournament lineup. So far, all three lineups that I've recommended have cashed. And um, until it gets to the point where I'm tying with 500 people because they're all copying my lineup, I'm going to keep giving it because I want all of the listeners out there to win some money with us. Um, but that lineup, I had the 18, who is the top scorer, the 5, who is the fourth highest scorer, as Crum mentioned, the 10 right behind it, and then the 3 and the 8, who both did more than enough to round a lineup out and keep it under the cap. So very proud of that lineup. Uh, another 2x win in the tournament. Uh, and then... Uh, after that, we can just kind of skip my tournament and cash lineups. They were mostly unlucky. Uh, between the two of them, I lost the 11, the 12, and the 14, which yeah. really, really killed the lineups, even though I had a lot of other really good drivers in there. Um, but I think the article right now, it comes out post-qualifying, and obviously we do the podcast pre-qualifying. So I have a little bit more time to think about it. I try to write it while qualifying is going on. And then also, you know, fine tuning a little bit after uh, Crum and I do our text message redraft post qualifying, which we always post on Twitter at iRaceWeGamble. Uh, so follow us there to see those post qualifying lineups. But I take all of that into consideration and a lot of it, including my conversations with Crum to do those draft lineups and why we like the particular drivers. And it's, I think it's a really good source to kind of get a little insight on who some of the potential good calls could be. Yeah, really well said. Um, I would also add, like, I feel like, following us on Twitter is kind of getting our live reaction as things are happening throughout the weekend. So, you know, obviously during the week, you're basically just waiting for the prices to come out and then sort of deciding who you think might be good. And then you're obviously going to refine that lineup after practicing qualifying. Well, follow us on Twitter during the weekend. And that's the time where you can kind of see our thoughts as we have them. And then after that, you're going to be able to check out Josh's article on the website to kind of get his sort of summarized thoughts on, you know, everything that's happened so far before Sunday. So 
I think that's that's the best way to kind of go about that stuff. Um, obviously, this podcast, I don't want people to listen to because um, it gets our initial thoughts out there. And I've also had some pretty decent pre-qualifying sort of lineup ideas. Um, not this past week, but the previous two, they've they've done really well. So totally yeah, agree. And you that. get the F1 news and you get the iRacing news and yeah. you get the recap of the last race. There's plenty of reasons to listen to this podcast. Absolutely. Listen to this podcast before you read my article, but also read the article. Yeah. Is that, the way I see it is you, you listen to the podcast uh, Saturday morning with your coffee. You watch practice and qualifying while you're scrolling Twitter, checking out our Twitter page. And then by the end of the day, you're like, hey, let me just take a peek at what Josh wrote. See what he's got on deck for Sunday before I finalize my lineup. Oh, that right. sounds like that sounds like money to me. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's entertainment, free entertainment, and you get money. You get paid to listen. It's great. Um, <laughs> I do have to say, you had the, your buy low in the ideal lineup too. So three out of our four buy lows and locks were in the ideal lineup. That's that's always a good result. I love to see that. Um, I had Austin Dillon, who didn't really do as well as I was expecting. Actually, was probably the biggest surprise to me. Is Austin Dillon was nowhere to be found. He was up front once with no tires, but throughout the rest of the race, he was not really a contender. So let's move on, though. Let's talk about Phoenix. The championship race is not here yet, but this is where they will have it in November. So an important race for all the teams to try to, you know, this is, you could almost consider this like if you're Alex Bowman, you've got to win already, right? Are you going to go into this race thinking like, oh, I got to make sure I win? Maybe he is because he's from Arizona. But <laughs> I think a lot of teams are coming into this race thinking, what can we learn? Because we need to apply that to the other tracks like New Hampshire and Richmond, maybe Gateway, which is a new track on the schedule. But they're similar in, in style to this track. They want to learn at each of those tracks what they need to have for the championship race. So this race is 312 laps. First stage is pretty short with 75. Second stage, 115. So it gets a lot longer, which is kind of abnormal. Um, and then the final stage is 122. Uh, they get their practice tires, their qualifying tires, and then they get eight more tires for the race. Uh, that qualifying set that they use transfers over as the race starting tire. Um, anything else you want to mention about Phoenix before we start drafting a lineup here, Josh? I don't think so. Just uh, another new and familiar, new to this year and familiar track. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this draft goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. All right. Well, I think uh, you actually kick it off. Or is it me? I'm so bad at remembering which one of us goes first. I believe it's you because I kicked off the sick week. Right. Yes. That that tracks. Um, okay, so I have first pick, which I don't even know if I want first pick. Uh, let's see. I I mean, just to make it a little easier on you, I love having second and third pick. Well, that's just terrific. That means that I'm definitely going to make the right choice. Um, who do I think you would want that I don't want you to have? That's the real question. Who are, you, who are your top two? Gotta have. I'm gonna take. Elish. 
<laughs> shocker. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a shock. Who would have thought? I mean, right. for me, if you want any reasoning, he's the third most expensive driver, which is a lot. Um, but I think he kind of showed he's already starting to get a hang of this car. We saw how good he did last week before the late caution. Totally different track, albeit. Um, but he also did really well in the Clash, which is the closest thing we can compare this track to because it was flat and it was short. Um, I don't think it'll be anything like that necessarily, but it just shows me they have some good mechanical grip in the cars. So that I'm, I'm done ranting about Kyle Busch now. I'm sure I didn't take away the driver I needed to. Uh, you absolutely did not. Yep. Um, I'm going to just take the guys that I want to take right off the bat. I'm going to take my my lock and my buy low right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to take my lock, which is the 11 of Denny Hamlin. That is a better price point. <laughs> I love his price point. 11.5 for Denny Hamlin feels like a no-brainer. Yeah. My my buy low, on the other hand, is going to be a little bit on the steep end, and I'm going to take the 10 of Eric Almarola. I'm just going to bank on another top 10 finish. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been solid so far this year. Ride, ride it until you can't, I guess. I, I like those picks. Uh, I, I mean... It's obviously going to depend on qualifying. I think Almirola has been qualifying mid-pack and managing top tens, which means he's even more valuable. If he was starting like in fifth, he might be a little more scared, I would think. What do, yeah, what do you absolutely. Think yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm expecting a qualifying somewhere around 18, and then if he drives back up to the top 10, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what you're really hoping for. Um, I am going to select a driver that drives a Chevy. I'm going to go with Daniel Suarez. I don't think he got really fair shake at Las Vegas. Obviously, we didn't get to really see what he had in that race. His teammate, Ross Chastain went up and led laps and looked amazing. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of banking that Trackhouse has good speed. Uh, Suarez was also great at Fontana. So I like I like both of those drivers. You know what? I'm going to take them both. I'm going to take Rob Chastain and Daniel Suarez. Give me the Trackhouse team banking on them hard this weekend. Interesting. I was going to make the point about how if you do like the fact of Trackhouse and their speed, then Suarez for fifteen hundred cheaper is a nice little bet. Yeah, but I think I, I'm. I'm. I mean, you had my attention. You have my attention <laughs> by taking both of them. Yeah, I um, I think Suarez would be my buy low just based on that price difference you mentioned. Um, I don't know why he's priced at six thousand. Like. I don't know. I guess I guess I don't see anyone above him that seems too incorrect, but it, I don't know. It just feels like he should be higher. Um, he's also at the bottom of like a chain of six or seven drivers, and the driver at the top of that's kind of Ross Chastain or Cindric, I guess you could say. Um, uh, Almendinger, maybe. Yeah, I 
I don't know. The colleague cars are interesting because I we saw they were really fast uh, with Justin Haley at the Clash. They obviously have some super speedway speed, but they haven't really gotten the finishes been consistent. It's it's hard to bet on them, but I don't I don't hate Almanier either. Uh, but yeah, Suarez is my buy low, and I think I'm gonna make Kyle Busch my early lock. That's I feel like if I Kyle Busch qualifies out the top five, I'll probably keep him as my lock. Unless Hamlin or somebody else crazy is like way far back. All right, so it's back to me. It is. Man, there's so many places I want to go with this lineup right now. There's a lot of options on the board. And I have money right now. I can still do 10000 per driver. Yeah, that's, um, that's a spot to be in. So I think I have to pull the trigger here on Larson. I have the money to keep him in my lineup. He's done nothing to tell me that he can't do well. He won the championship here. He did. What, five months ago? Right. Different cars. Uh, they did price him up to, they actually priced him up, what, a thousand more than the next highest driver? Truex is the next highest, and he's 13.5. They did no $14,000 driver. Now, we did already say that you don't have to spend all your budget. So if you don't have to spend all your budget, overpaying for a driver isn't a big, as big of a penalty, right? If you think of it that way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I just think I can build a lineup that I like with him in it still. Oh, this is the point where I would like to take the one, you <laughs> jerk. I knew I knew I could swipe some somebody out from underneath you. Yeah, the one's right in that range that I like. Um, I guess for now I'm. I know he was kind of a ghost last week, but I'm going to throw the three of Austin Dillon onto my lineup for now. That gives me 9,200 so I can go from Christopher Bell down. So it still gives me some good dominant, potentially dominant drivers that I can choose from. Yeah. I think I'm going to be able to round this out pretty well. Christopher Bell, who started first last week, Bowman, who finished first last week, um, Kurt Busch, who always seems to be fucking up qualifying and then finding positions during the race. Um, yeah, you got a lot of options for sure. And I actually really like the Austin Dillon pick. I know he wasn't anywhere to be seen in Vegas, but he's also much better at the the flatter style of track, like a Richmond or a Phoenix or California is different because it's a speedway, but still, he when there's not as much grip or there's, you know, a little bit flatter track, he seems to do better. So I expect Austin Dillon to honestly probably get a top 10 in this race. And if he doesn't qualify, you know, top three should be fine. All right. I've got 23,500 left, which means I can do 11.7 per driver. I think the best available driver right now, 
I mean, you could argue Truex, but I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. He also won a championship here. It was just a little bit longer ago, a full year before Larson. Um, and he's 2000 cheaper. So I like that. Um, that leaves me with 11,000 remaining, um, which basically means Blaney, Byron, Harvick, Reddick are all in play. Um, those are the four guys above Christopher Bell, which you can select uh, and go down from there. So, hmm. Do I want to go Hendrick Heavy? They seem to, to have the right strategy calls at the end of these races. William Byron's usually pretty good. Kevin Harvick dominated Phoenix for a long time. Maybe this car means he can do that again. Yeah, sure. Throw Harvick in there. He's been consistent like Almirola taking care of his equipment, not qualifying up front. I imagine that could go well. Yeah, I love the Harvick pick for you there. That's definitely who I would have tapped. And that gives you a thousand salary remaining, which is easily under budget, which we've been seeing. Locking it in. All right, you got one pick left. Who are you going to round your lineup out with? I've got one pick left. I am also going to leave some budget on the table. Uh, I want to get another Ford in, so I'm going to go two of Austin Sindrick. Mm, okay. And that leaves me with 1,400 remaining, so I could have a lot of wiggle room around uh, to adjust it post-qualifying. Yep. Um, and just for a uh, real quick reference before we get into tournament and cash lineups, which honestly, I don't have a tournament or cash lineup yet. I, I feel like those lineups don't really make sense to create in full until we get to um, qualifying. But I don't, I don't know if you already have lineups prepared. We can still mention yours, but I just don't have any yet. Um, I have a few thrown together, but they're going to change so much after qualifying that I agree it's probably not worth not worth spending time on now. You can follow us at iRaceWeGamble on Twitter and see how the lineups are shaking out. Yeah, and we gave you kind of our thoughts on the drivers we drafted as well, so you kind of have an idea. We'll still do it, guys, we missed here um, to just to round it out. But I uh, did want to give you uh, my prediction for qualifying. Um, I have Reddick starting on pole, followed by Larson, Elliott, Kyle Busch, and Denny Hamlin. Um, I guess the only notables in here are I have Almirola 21st, which you'd obviously love. I have Suarez 19th, which I would love. Uh, Chastain in 16th, I would love. Um, and then, yeah. So I'll put, I usually post that on Twitter as well. So as John said, Josh said, follow us there. Um, you can see my prediction. And then I usually post a post-qualifying, this is how my prediction did. Um, kind of green for getting it right, red for getting it wrong, that type of deal. Um, so I'll post that, but uh, who are the guys who missed, Josh? Who do you want to throw in there at this point? So I think we got to start with Truex. Yeah, that feels right. He's the highest-priced guy that I think can still dominate the race. He's also won recently here. And I also have a uh, two-and-a-half-unit bet on him to win the championship this year. There you go. So... I uh yeah I like starting out with Truex. Who do you who do you think we should start adding on to him? Um, I want to say Logano. I know he's sort of underperformed the first couple of weeks. 
Um, and I know he's just the next available highest price driver, but he usually does pretty well here. Um, and I think he hasn't, he's just had kind of somewhat some bad luck and bad positioning in certain ways so far this year. I, I think he kind of shows up and he usually runs well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets top three. So Logano and Truex feel like the, I, I say one guy, but it's really two guys that I think could, could dominate and win the race still. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I like getting the the fourteen Briscoe in here. Yeah, he showed a lot and of speed. That, he hasn't gotten some of the finishes. Yeah, and that can free up a little bit of budget. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other name that jumps out, uh, Alex Bowman, being from Arizona, and he's also always done relatively well here. You could you could argue the home track advantage or something. I mean, he's only yeah. eight point five. That's a really low price for a Hendrick driver. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If, if we throw him in, uh, I would be okay rounding out with the six of Kozlowski on. So Bowman and Kozlowski, you think? Yeah, and that leaves six hundred budget remaining. Yeah, it's definitely higher price, but we're trying to work around other picks we made, right? So interesting that we have uh, Logano and Kozlowski in this lineup. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think if Brad doesn't spin out, then he has a great chance at finishing well, but he just keeps spinning out every race. Spinning out or trying to wreck somebody. Yeah. Or yeah. or yeah. actually wrecking somebody. He's been a coffin magnet. I just <laughs> the new the new crash pasta is crash Blowski. Yeah, so I think I'm good with that for guys who missed 19, 22, 14, 48, and six. Yeah, I think that's pretty solid. That covers a lot of guys that I think are decent values and obviously the other potential dominators, so think we covered all the bases um and obviously like we talked about tune into our uh twitter and website and follow us for more yeah and crumb don't forget it's gonna be 81 and sunny i love it when they race in the desert unless it snows which (laughs) which it did for the xfinity race yeah that was insane but yeah, I'm glad. Snow, snow in Las Vegas on a day when in Western New York we were being treated to a 73 degree day. Yeah, but it was windy. Yeah, I mean it got windy. <laughs> you know I hate the wind. Yeah, it really <laughs> blows. Wow. All right. On that note, thanks, Ken, for that comment. Um, we will catch you guys next week.